Stampede. Garner is at number 116, recorded 11721. For people interested in military reports, on October 2nd, it may be a surprise to hear one of America's nuclear submarines struck an object while submerged in the South China Sea. Now, that's a curious thing because little to no information has been given about that event. Usually, I don't spend time reporting about the day-to-day events that end up reaching the American public by the media. Most of the entertainment or sporting events serve the system of keeping people informed and used to make the American people believing everything is still all right. 
even the emergency evacuation of American forces and our Afghan colleagues has been described as a success, attempting to disguise what was a shameful military debacle. No, the American people can't be told about those kinds of things. And quite honestly, I don't do that kind of reporting. No, my thing is telling you about the corruption, deceit, and violence that has become an everyday occurrence in American life right here in our own country. But like I said, I was struck about how little news was reported in what happened to the USS nuclear submarine Connecticut in the South China Sea. I don't have all the facts, and I'm sure the U.S. Navy doesn't feel comfortable talking about it. Where in the South China Sea this occurred has not been released. But to put this in context, if you placed the South China Sea against the coast of California, Oregon, and Washington State, it would be about a third of the size between Hawaii and the west coast of America. And that could be worrisome, because if the Chinese government sent a nuclear submarine anywhere near the west coast of America, you could be sure you'd hear some U.S. senator objecting, especially if that nuclear sub struck something while submerged. If I'm not mistaken, the USS Connecticut was fully operational, with missiles that could probably have been armed with nuclear weapons. So you can understand the concern of the Chinese government voicing objections.
As I said, I don't normally talk about military operations, let alone the characteristics of an American weapon system. I haven't the slightest knowledge about the capacity of bombs carried by one of our B-52 bombers, but I'm sure our military leaders can point with pride its destructive force. Likewise, I can't say exactly what the USS Connecticut's destructive capabilities are and whether it carries nuclear weapons, but I can say this. When any submarine is under the water, it's safe to say it relies upon a sophisticated system permitting it to know where it's going. That's obvious. If you're aboard a submarine under the water, you need technical equipment to tell you where you are. You don't want to bump into anything when you're underwater because that could result in your vessel springing a leak and could easily endanger the lives of the people on board your ship. It doesn't take a genius to figure that out. So allow me to speculate. The U.S. Connecticut nuclear submarine is probably equipped with the most sophisticated listening devices in the world to determine where it's going and what is in front of it, in back of it, above it, and below it, or around it, when underwater in the world's oceans. I don't want to get into where the Connecticut was in the South China Sea, just as I wouldn't want to question why a Chinese nuclear submarine with missiles was located off the coast of Puget Sound in Washington State. No, I don't want to question the decision-making of our military generals and admirals. After all, I think it's safe to say we have a superior military equipment compared with the Chinese military. I think we have 11 nuclear-powered aircraft carriers, and the Chinese have one and are building in another. But that isn't the point either. Why do we have weapons like this and for what reason? We have military bases spread around the world. And I think I can tell you why we have the largest defense budget in the world.
you're probably asking why the USS Connecticut was in the South China Sea in the first place. Well, obviously, tension between China and the United States has been rising. What with China's military constructing artificial islands in the South China Sea, declaring a line of demarcation, and since 1949, has asserted its claim of sovereignty over the island of Taiwan and its several smaller islands. But in truth, why the USS Connecticut was in the South China Sea goes back further and even has a deep explanation for why we have our military spread around the world. It could also account for why our military officers and retired politicians have been very wealthy, serving as consultants and members of boards of very powerful military industrial companies in this country. You see, this is related to what occurred in 1944 at the Bretton Woods Agreement of Monetary Management, a new system which determined the United States as being the reserve currency of the world. Because in 1944, we had two-thirds of the world's gold supply and was the dominant industrialized country around the world. But by 1971, America's control of gold had dissipated, and Richard Nixon ended that American system and stopped allowing dollars being converted into gold, ending the Bretton Woods Agreement, resulting in making our dollar a fiat currency. After World War II, the U.S. began building its military, using it to counter the threat to the Soviet Union, which didn't endorse the Bretton Woods Agreement. The Soviets claimed it was nothing short of endorsing the system of Wall Street, which was probably true, because during the Bretton Woods Agreement, the dollar was king, and we Americans profited by it, and we needed to protect it.
By 1971, America's protracted war in Vietnam had depleted the gold reserves of the U.S. government, causing Richard Nixon to end the open window of buying gold. And a new agreement was reached, described as America's exceptionalism. And that was tied to the drawing rights of countries to access credit from the International Monetary Fund, along with an electronic system that permitted every single financial world transaction on a daily basis being verified between banks. That system is called the SWIFT and continues to this day. And you should keep that in mind because it's the way the United States places sanctions against governments and individuals. But when Nixon closed the gold window, a new system was devised to keep America's financial hold in the world. We created, with the help of Saudi Arabia and other oil-producing countries, a way of basing our currency on oil, or what is called the petrodollar. And it works something like this. Any country that needed to grow its economy needed energy. And in order for a country to buy oil, it had to do it by using U.S. dollars. In effect, our currency was used to control the price of oil. And since the end of the Bretton Woods Agreement in 1971, the United States became a debtor country and has continued as a debtor country, increasing its debt so much so that today it owes over $30 trillion. And there is little to no prospect of that ever being paid back. This is my point. We protected our policy of the petrodollar by building up our military. We've used our military to guarantee the continued production and distribution of oil in the world. And it has made some of our military leaders and politicians very wealthy by working to produce weapons to protect that system. And that's the short answer for why the U.S. nuclear submarine Connecticut was in the South China Sea, as well as our military stationed around the world.
To be sure, the facts about what happened aboard the USS Connecticut are not clear. The U.S. Navy has put a gag order on any member of the crew talking about it. This much I know. While submerged in the South China Sea, it struck something. Whether it struck something or was struck by something hasn't yet been determined. I read a report that said it hit a mountain underwater, which seems highly unlikely. But still, I can imagine how that could have happened. At any rate, 11 crew members were injured, and the submarine was forced to surface, leaving it vulnerable to being detected. It then sailed atop the surface of the water to Guam, which took seven days. This event could have been a major catastrophe on several levels. To speculate, when it collided with something, it must have caused a breach in the hull, and water was flooding in, and the vessel had to immediately surface. Parts of the vessel probably had to be sealed off to prevent it from sinking. There are no reports that the nuclear weapons on board were affected. Unfortunately, its power system was not affected either. But that, too, is unclear. I'm no expert in armament, but allow me to speculate about a possible weapon system that may have been placed underwater and, when activated, could rapidly be propelled, directed at a vessel in unwanted territory. A modern-day minefield underwater mounted on a seabed that, when triggered, could work as an underwater rocket. If I can think of such a device, I'm sure some Chinese military leaders could as well. You see, we aren't making the world safer for ourselves. We're actually making it more dangerous. If I'm right, the U.S. Connecticut could have resulted in a major catastrophe not only because of loss of life aboard that vessel, but because of the risk of nuclear contamination in the South China Sea, or even event where one of its nuclear weapons exploded. No, we aren't safer. And our military leaders must be held accountable. It's interesting to note our military has just announced that the F-35 fighter jet will be equipped with nuclear weapons. No, we aren't safer.
This week on Garner Isn't, you first heard Carl Orff's recording of Carmina Barana, then a work from Paul Hastinger, from the movie Underworld, The Purge, followed by a Robert Cobert composition, the opening theme from the movie Dark Shadows. Next, John Barry from the movie Thunderball, Bond under Disco Volante. Then from the movie The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo by Drint Rosner and Atticus Ross, The Itch. And finally, from the movie The Last Wave, Angels by Charles Wayne. Stampede, written and performed by Edward Garner in Morro Bay and Paso Robles, California.